The Monsters Playbook is an adventure podcast for grown-ups. It contains violence and profanity and deals with adult themes that may be uncomfortable for some listeners. Specific content warnings can be found in the episode show notes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Monsters Playbook, an actual play Monster of the Week podcast that, if it were a person, would be the confusingly hot goth barista who you're too intimidated by to ask what their tattoos mean. But if you did ask them, you'd find out they're all just kittens. This week on the cover story, during a rare moment when there isn't an imminent threat all but literally banging down their door, the team takes some time to reset, refocus, and research. Notice how I didn't say relax? It's because they've learned. Well, not Mark Clayton, who's taking advantage of the fact that it's garage sale weekend, which means it's the perfect opportunity to get some new furniture for him and Catrail. But first, there's something they have to take care of. What to do with the Witchwood. I'm John, and I play Mark Clayton. I'm Lauren, and I play Kira and Anna Ashwood. I'm Maya, and I play Theo Nessos. I'm Johnny, I play literally everybody else. Let's do some gardening. Now, there is the matter of the Witchwood. I think currently, Donovan has it. Yep. I think Donovan had it like before we walked through back through the portal. I think maybe before we would have left, Kira maybe would have looked to Mark to be like, so is this what you needed to give to Ro? I mean, that's that's my understanding. You're giving it to Ro? That's what I was asked to do. It made a deal. Yep. Isn't that kind of dangerous? I mean, the tree is like pure magic. I understand. I Do you know what she's going to do with it? We needed help in a situation, so I took the opportunity to to get us out of it. And that was the deal. That was the deal. So, Mark, you have, it is within your power to just snap your fingers and send it to her. I know. Can I, in my head, reach out to Ro to basically hand this to her in the presence of everybody? Sure. Ro, do you have a second? We have it. Good. Good. May I ask what your plan is with it? Ro manipulates someone. Nine. It's a contingency. Understood. What are you afraid of? <laughs> is that is that Ro asking me? It's me, but I, I think she might say it too. What are you afraid of, Mark? I just want wherever this is going to uh, have good intentions. I don't I don't want to see this go be used in a way that uh, is not responsible, if you know what I mean. Because I realize how much power is in this. And then I think Mark hands it to her. I think you kind of see in your mind's eye, she like slowly flexes her hands around it. She breathes in and then exhales almost in, I don't know, excitement or relief. And she just says, you may just have set us on the path to saving everything. And then you see the witch would disappear and then you see her disappear and then you're back to yourself. And it's just gone, I take it. Yeah. It's safe, and it's out of the reach of anyone that could potentially do anything bad to it or with it. Speaking of anyone, Ruby will <laughs> she'll walk up to you, Kira, looking a little haggard, I'll say. Yeah. And be like, well, that was certainly entertaining. I've held up my end of the bargain. It's your turn. If we head through this portal, some of my people 
I told them to go to where the other locations of the trees were. There should be more there. We can take it, and we can plant it somewhere safe. To the branches? The rest of these trees, yes. Roll manipulate someone. I rolled a 14, advanced move. She will sort of sneer for a moment, and then press a finger into her forehead in frustration. There's only one which would... The branches are simply that. But how is it that they're growing out into the city? They were as roots seeking nourishment. It had been expended, emptied. But you can still draw power from them. I suppose if we hurry. Why? After you. Okay. And then we have the epilogue from last time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask where where she takes the witchwood uh, that we do take? Because she had said, talked about maybe bringing it to where the old witchwood was and planting it there. Because it was it was not well known, like the its location was secret to only those who knew where like where it was. Mm-hmm. Does she bring it to that same place? So her plan, kind of right now, given the fact that it isn't the witchwood that it had been, she's sort of believing slash deciding that to put it in these places, same place as the old tree, would be, shall we say, counterproductive. Suppose clearly somebody found out where it was. Yeah, I think she will go probably with at least Verdigree. She might request his help or he would offer it to like take the the cutting of the witchwood that you have and uh take it down to some woods by the Mississippi River. Okay. And find a cove and sort of while well, Verdigree deals with sort of horticultural aspects of this, she will knit a, a kind of concealment spell around the place. Okay. The lesser witch would. The lesser witch would. Yep. Love it. In the sort of immediate aftermath of that, I would assume slash suggest that you guys kind of go home and get some rest. Yeah. I was going to say, Mark is on his bird. Okay. Then I, would, I, I want to start with Mark, who's going to go, I assume, straight to that freezer. Mark walked walks into his house and immediately just checks over the bird to make sure he's okay. Okay. And um, Ben, yeah, goes immediately to the freezer to grab some uh, some dead mice. And here you go, bud. He looks a little salty for just a second. Like, <laughs> like where the fuck have you been? Where the heck have you been? <laughs> but he's like, well, that is my favorite. So yum, 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 yum. <laughs> is, is, is Katri up there? Well, there is on the couch a little bundle of blanket. Hello? Uh-huh. Kat- Katriel? Um, everything's fine. Is everything fine? Probably. <laughs> what What have you been doing? I don't... I don't know. Well, I mean, it looks like you fell asleep on the couch. Were you up late last night or something? It worked, right? He did it. Everything worked out. So then she's gonna, like, sort of shuffle a little bit, and then you'll see one of the ends of the blanket peek up and... Uh, like beam of light flow out from it. Catrell is glowing, and her hair has turned cloud white. Um, Catr- what? I feel weird. What is going on? Why? Why are you glowing? Functionally, Mark. Mm-hmm. Meet your lesser divine being as an ally sent from above to help you on your mission. Ooh. 
and she's gonna like sort of shift and m- move to sit up and then as as though she knocked it out of the couch her big a spear is going to come clanking down to the floor and it is the that spear that Lowry fought with last time okay sorry that's it's fine I guess well this is different I think I'll be okay in a little bit now that now that you're safe yeah no everything is everything is great now I think she's going to like get up and just like sprint over to you and like bury her face in your chest in a hug so yeah I think what does Mark do after that he still doesn't have a lot going on in this house there's just not a whole lot at Mark's place (laughs) that's true I think Mark is just gonna like after or he chats with Catriel for a little bit I think he's gonna go lay down and just pass out for a while all right okay so you all get a good night's sleep and you basically wake up to kind of the first normal morning you've had in a while i want to say like mark you kind of wake up and look around like something's off but then you gradually realize like no what's weird is that everything's normal (laughs) i think mark goes downstairs and uh is catherine else sleeping on the couch still no, she's up. She's eating cereal at probably sitting on the counter next to the sink because I don't know that you have a table. Just like dangling her feet on the, off the edge. We should probably go get more living things, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. furniture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can go to deals shopping. Okay. Um, Wait, really? Yeah, we can, we can go get a, a, a bed. I mean, you don't have to keep laying on the couch. I think as he's leaving, he's also thinking, hey, Theo could come with on this one. So again, we are going together with Theo and <laughs> And I think he realizes this as as he's calling you. Hey, uh, Theo, do you want to come with us shopping? Oh, hey. Um... I think and I think he's excited about the thought of of getting this stuff. So he doesn't even like knock. He's just like, hey, Theo, do you want to go to the. <laughs> Want to go to the store? When are you going? Uh, we were thinking about right now. Uh, Catriel just got up and stuff, and she's been eating, and I figured I should probably have a few more uh, pieces of furniture. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I would love to come with you, but I kind of need to take care of a few things first. So maybe I can catch up with you? Oh, oh okay. You just gonna just gonna call me on the phone then? Uh, yeah, I can't really reach out to you telepathically. That's fair. Um, okay. Uh, I'll shoot you a text when I'm done with my things. It should it'll probably take this morning, and then I'll be free this afternoon. Okay. Yeah, and then maybe we can go do something a little bit more interesting then. Sure, but you don't have to wave up for me. So, like, if you and Catrell wanna go and find stuff, like, yeah. All right. Well. Is everything okay with your family? Yeah, everything's fine. Everyone was as usual. I only ran into Deacon, but yeah, no, I managed to get to my room fine and just passed out. Well, we'll talk to you this afternoon then. Have fun. I hope we found something good. Thanks. At the mention of going shopping, I think Ketrel threw her fully half full bowl of cereal directly in the sink, leapt off the counter (laughs) and went to put on some clothes. I think we're going to go down to, did, did we name the the furniture store before? Was it home furniture? Or am I crazy? 
Yeah, I think I think we're gonna go back to that same store. I don't know that I, I really don't remember the name of that one, but yeah, we're gonna go there. <laughs> and so and so I think Mark hops on his bike and uh, yells to Catriel, "You ready?" She flies out of the door, literally, and comes to light on the back of your motorcycle and is like, "Yeah, all right, let's go." And as we're taking off, are there any garage sale signs around our area? Roll, investigate a mystery. I rolled a 10. Yeah, you know how sometimes a whole neighborhood will have like a garage sale weekend? Oh yeah, Moorhead does that. Yes, they do that. You see a lot of signs and a lot of garage sales. As we're taking off and kind of rounding the first corners and stuff, do I, do I see any furniture or does Catriel point out to anything? I'm wondering, and just mechanically, I'm wondering if this is the first kind of touch point for, because I know that next door neighborhood stopped in at one time. Uh, yes. Do I see anything that uh, could constitute us stopping instead of going to Home Home Depot? Like that was our destination, but maybe there's something along the way as, as we're driving. I don't know if Catriel would understand what a garage sale is. <laughs> she sees all the stuff. <laughs> I think she's pointing out everything as like, ooh, look at that. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, look at that. Yeah, look at that. There's there's a lot of garage sales. You told me they don't have deals here. Well, I mean, these these are houses. This is where people live. Typically, you would buy the stuff at a store, but they sometimes people are getting rid of stuff and they they sell it. So we didn't bring any stuff to trade with them. Oh, I mean, I I have I have money. I, I like hold up my little wallet. <laughs> I'm going to figure out shopping one of these days. Right, right. So you are looking for specifically furniture? Yes. Furniture, um, maybe maybe a bigger cage for the bird. Okay. I'm going to let part of that play out off screen, I think, because yeah. you are going to find plenty of stuff. I think it's garage sales are tough because you kind of are like, you're casting the net wide. There's a lot of... You don't know what you're going to find. <laughs> give me a... Actually, yes. Give me a shopping list. Oh, God. He needs a table some chairs he needs a bigger cage for lariat cat uh catriel needs a bed preferably a, a bedside table maybe a carpet a television i don't know just like build building a room <laughs> and and like a dresser or something like that so so there's a few things and honestly one of the things that didn't cross mark's mind was how he was going to get this stuff home. <laughs> uh, that was a question <laughs> We'll deal with that in a bit too, I think. Yeah, no, we'll we'll, we'll get there. I don't think he's realized that yet. <laughs> like I'm imagining, oh shoot, how are we going to get this home? And Catrell being like, well, you know, you can always just like pop, 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 not in front of normies. <laughs> <laughs> I want to jump to Theo is what I think I want to do. Yeah. What are your plans for the day? What what were the things you had to do that you can't go shopping with Mark and Catrell? Theo is... Knocking on the door of the twins' room. Okay. I think the door will swing open, though neither of them has opened it, because they're both sort of at their desks, one pouring over some tomes and the other uh, sorting various powders and herbs. And without looking up, they both go, what? At the same time. Have you seen Father lately? Um, I think he's out preparing for the meeting tonight. What meeting tonight? There was a meeting last night. Well, there's another one. Do you know what it's about? It's some kind of council business. You know they don't tell us. Well, I thought that you two might know. We might. 
What are you um, offering? What do you want? Roll manipulate someone. Ten. Kathleen, who's the one sitting by the books, will like slam one of them shut and turn to look at her sister and be like, come on, can we please just tell her? We did so good. Okay, fine. They like slide away from their desks and like go dig under their bed and spread something out on the on the floor. It's a like table and uh, seating arrangement. They will walk in and see what they're doing. So the seating arrangement has like the names and then little rudimentary sketches of all the people. And there's a seat for Bennett the Sixth. There's a seat for Odessa. And then there are some names you don't recognize. Mother Asteri, which you know from sort of somewhere, she's an, an elder in, in the Maggio. But then Welliver, which is a name you don't know. And the, the picture there has him like that eyes closed, eyebrows up in a really uh, superior expression. Got long, straight, dark hair. Isaac, who is bald, olive skinned and with an eye patch, looks very grumpy. And I think even around it, they've written grump, grump. <laughs> Creative. And there's an empty seat where they have like the outline, a dotted outline of a paper doll thing with a question mark in it. Like who's supposed to go here? And there's one for someone called Omerta and one for someone called Kosa. Is Bennett invited to this meeting? Like brother? Oh, no. Oh, interesting. He was home last night, but he wasn't in that room. He must have been mad about that. He was. So all you have is a seating chart? Well, it's... Yes. <laughs> so they know two things. When the meeting started, they they opened what they call a meeting of something that they called the Midnight Council, which is not what the council is traditionally known as. There's also the matter of the fact that uh, only Mother Asteri is on the proper Maggio, like, board. Oh, so it's a few select Maggio members? Seems to be. Unrelated... Could I get some of those herbs that uh, you put in that truth-telling tea? It can be used in other liquids, right? Technically. Can I get some? Roll manipulate someone. Ten. Okay. I just need like one packet. I think it doesn't come in a packet. They'll give it to you in like a glass vial. Okay. Is there anything I shouldn't mix with this? No, it tastes terrible with white wine. And for some reason, don't mix it with Dr. Pepper. Don't ask. Ew. Okay. Thanks. Theo will head out of her sister's room and I think knock on Deacon's room. Okay. I think from the other side, you'll just hear like a... Uh, Is he still sleeping? Sort of. <laughs> sort of. He's lounging. He's moping. Theo will knock again because she knows better than to just open her brother's door. Uh, you'll hear an uh, and some stumps and the door will swing open and Deacon is wearing his clothes are hanging off of him. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's lost quite a bit of uh, body mass. Yeah. Now that he's not legal drinking age. Isn't he the same age as Theo? Oh, you said he was 20. Yeah, he's 23. Your same age. How are you doing? <sighs> well, on the bright side, I'm handling my hangovers a lot better. Okay. What? I'm just checking in to make sure you're handling things okay. What did you tell father and mother? Did you ask him not to tell them what happened? I don't think so, because he, like, kind of stormed off after it happened. And didn't, I didn't really get a chance to say anything. 
Oh, I think he's gonna like at the question, "What did you tell father or mother?" He'll like exhale and then just go to like sit down at his big chair that's in front of I think a huge TV in his room and just be like, "I didn't have to tell them anything. They didn't even notice." And click on the TV. They didn't even notice. Is there an echo in here? I'm sorry. I'm guessing you haven't seen either of them, huh? You mean like today? Or just today or recently. I'm trying to talk to Father. I mean, you got a phone. I mean, I'd rather talk to him in person. Well, he's, uh, he looks at his watch. Yeah, he's got that meeting this evening. You'll probably catch him when he gets home from whatever preparations he's doing. Closer to dinner time. Okay, maybe I'll try him then. You know I did that because I... Because I care about you, right? Roll manipulate someone. Ten. Okay. That's what I always wanted. A sister who cares about me. You were getting out of control, Deacon. I had it handled. From my point of view, you did not have it handled. Well, call it a matter of opinion then. On the plus side, I'm getting carded again. Congratulations. See you later. Theora, I never did thank you. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I said, close the door on your way out. <laughs> You're welcome. Theo will close the door. Um, and then she's going to make two nice cups of coffee in their kitchen. Because I think that they have a very nice coffee espresso machines. At least two. Well, she's going to make two like to-go uh, cups. And then she's going to find Yano. Aw. Okay, I'm going to take a break there. Let's go to Kira. Yeah, where do I want to start first? I think she's going to start with doing some investigation stuff. Mainly, she is going to look into some threads that are still out there related to Ember and how she might deal with her. And so I think she might actually circle back to talk to talk with dad. Okay. So you go to kind of their base thing? Yeah. I'd head to the bodega. All right. Omar will do the thing and let you in and let you down. And dad is in one of those computer pod things, doesn't turn around to look at you and is just like, you're making this a habit. Well, if I recall last time you said you were going to work on something for me. And I have been. Well, great. Then we have something to check up on. I found out a little bit more about Ember. She sort of turn around and then, you know, lean back to listen. There was a similar project that was related to this whole me situation and it was called project scalpel ears had or the, i guess the drum had developed it as a way to extract ember from me i don't know if that what what that would mean if i would die without her if i would what would happen to her but before i go plumbing through ears archives i thought maybe i'd check in with you since you said you might have an idea She's going to nod and think for a moment. And then before she stands up, she's going to go, it was Scalpellus, actually, and stand up and walk over to an alcove in the wall and pull a sheaf of paper out from a printer. I don't know. It seems like in those days, Latin made them feel fancy. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of extra letters on the end of something. It sounds a little fancier, I guess. What do you know about it? She will hand you the papers. And roll investigate a mystery for me for fun. 12, advanced move. What do you want to know about it? Would, it? would you allow me to use one question of for like benefits, side effects of doing Project Scalpel? 
like of the risks maybe maybe that's a better way to put it okay i do think in some of the trials you will note that there was whole or partial death of one or both uh, subjects i think also in some of the trials <laughs> jesus this they chalked up to the fact that they were to speed things up using a kind of personality injection process to make something separable and in some cases once they were they were separated one of them would fly into a murderous rage at the other oh great other than that it was like 68 percent effective and by effective do you mean that like what does that mean like effective is that the personality was transplanted into another being or what happened to the to the other subject it essentially the project made a copy of the original body. It involves a custom piece of technology that they call the instrument, which is sort of diagrammed in there as containing three parts. They talk about it like it's a dagger. So there is a blade that is really more of a wand, a hilt that is the handle, and then the pommel, which is a kind of like basically a battery pack, takes, pulls the entity, and then uses essentially raw materials, which must also be supplied, to knit together a perfect copy of the original body and deposit it. Okay. And I think the reason it's 60, 68% is that um, a lot of the new bodies just like stayed alive for a couple of days and then just passed away, like it died in their sleep. Mm. Okay. I, do I still have one more question? Mm-hmm. So then... How would they, like, is there any really methods of control over this? Like, once they have extracted Agent M, how do they control her? Because my impression, Ember don't want to be controlled. She's going to wreak havoc. So, like, that sounds like it could go bad. So, how do they plan to control? How would she be contained? I honestly think they didn't have a plan. (laughs) That was TBD. Oh my god. I feel like Kira's like kind of reading through the documents and she sees that like <laughs> currently no plan in place. <laughs> no, what it would be is um it would reference a separate project that would be called like Project Helm or something. Oh my god. And Kira's like, Project Helm, what's that? And dad's gonna be like, well, From what I could dig up, it started on March 27th, 2008, and it was shelved indefinitely by April. I guess they got distracted. (sighs) So they're fucking savior for humanity plan, and they got distracted on how to rein it in and get it under control. Okay. So then what do I get with advanced move? The thing that they got distracted by... You know what? Fuck it. It's a plan called Project Paragon. Which is what? The idea was to do it the other way around. To use the sort of the personality injection protocols and technology that they developed for Scalpelis and take someone that they already controlled and make that person into Agent M. And the last few months of entries for that project were handwritten by Oscar Henriksen himself. Uh, he... He did it to to himself. He essentially put a god into him. Right. They can re- Oscar already had control. It's more like a, well, a god seed that would like, they sort of 
opened up his mind and brain and uh, pushed him to and beyond the limits of humanity and sort of did some stuff to make him into a being of fire. And then he disappeared off the face of the earth for security reasons. From what I'm understanding, the drums plans for me was to project scalpel really wasn't going to be an option then they were going to, or, or was it like, I guess like, what, what were their fucking plans? Like, what were they going to do with me? Cause like what they were going to do is invent some way to extract agent M and then invent some way to control her. Okay. Kira's getting a headache. She's just like looking through the files and just kind of like slams them down. (sighs) Please tell me you have better news. Well, kind of. With the family's resources, she has two suggestions. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first is Kid, where if you got her out, he might not be able to control her, but he could change her. Okay. Or, granted I haven't used them to such a degree since then, but I do have better control over my abilities, I could send her back. But sending her back would just be the future. It's just delaying. It would buy us time. Would taking her out of me, what would that do to me? Who is she to you? It's kind of hard to say. I didn't really even know she existed until a little less than a year ago. But I always kind of felt like there was something inside of me that was dark. Maybe that was her. Well, that would be convenient. But I don't think it's that simple. I worry that if we try to remove her from my head, everything else will fall. What do you mean? I mean, what if she's what I came from? What if she's she's what we were before all of this? She was the foundation. Oh, I see. Well, I can't tell you the future. I can just tell you your options. Yeah. Speaking of the future, uh, did you have any luck with... Um, that watch we gave you? What do you want to know about the watch? What watch are you talking about? Uh, it was Rex Crook's watch that we had grabbed from his office when we were there last time. Oh, yeah. When we, when we popped into the office, the Invisible family was there, invisible. Oh. They were looking for a watch, and we helped them get it out, and we gave it to them. So a couple of things. The first thing is that they were able to turn it on and like unlock it, and... I don't remember how exactly I described the face, but it does sort of project like a half an inch above it, a floating, basically cell phone sized image that can be viewed and interacted with. Mm -hmm. It thinks it is the year 2278, and I think they were able to make something else with it. What's that? She'll give you like a little pen sized thingy. Mm -hmm. We've been calling it the signal torch, and you can set it to like really wide range or really focused to like create a zone where signal can't penetrate or create functionally like a laser or blowtorch to sever or disconnect any incoming or outgoing signals. Sounds like mom's handiwork. That's the thing. This watch uses technology that's based on mom's powers. How the hell does Rex Crook have something like that? How the hell does Rex Crook have something from 250 years in the future? Do we know anything about that date? Have you seen anything in that time? Has grandma and grandpa? I think she gets a frustrated look on her face and goes, I've asked. They're thinking. They're thinking. 
I'm sure it's not easy to look into the future. Never mind. What do, you, do we have any idea what he was trying to use this for? It's kind of a PDA. It's got his day-to-day calendar and shit and projects that he would have been working on, which I think the other interesting thing about it is that um, the projects in question are like, it's construction, but I think it's pretty clear by the way that they've been sort of entered in there that they're like gigs. Like he's not building houses, he's building houses. Okay, but the watch itself is set to the year 2278. Yep. He's not from the future, is he? It would certainly fill in a few blanks if he was. You know he doesn't have a soul, right? Yeah. Maybe he's hiding? If he found a way to come back in time? I don't know. This is crazy theory stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Hmm. What do you know about Rex Crook? What do you have on him? I think they know basically what you know. I think the, the wrinkle that they have is that I believe... I had told you there's essentially no record of him prior to somewhere in the 90s. And that like now he he kind of functions as the public facing head of a dual sided real estate and criminal empire. Okay, Kira's reporter brain is whirring. And I think she knows that um, his organization is no longer associated with Genco or their um their sort of supernatural division is in a bit of disarray which well done <laughs> yeah that was uh tower is gone for good now so she won't be making a reappearance so hopefully that sets him back at least a little bit i just i can't shake this feeling that he's connected to a lot of things that we're not seeing you said he is working on building houses constructing them yeah the uh like networking no, like... Like he's actually building properties. Blue-collar construction work. Mm-hmm. Oh. Where? C- cities, the names of which don't match anything. Outer Falls 6 and, like, Sector Gamma. These are all dates that are, like, in, you know, the, the 2270s. Oh. So he's building properties, but the dates that this is happening is corresponding to this 250 years from now. Yep. Well, thank you. I think I have some more investigating to do on Mr. Rex Crook. If you were in my position, what would you do about Ember? If I was in your position, well, you know the way I look at the world. And when I see Ember, when I think about Ember, all I see is power. I would find a way to harness that power. I would find a way to take it for yourself. But that's me. It's not so bad advice. Anyway, I'll see you around. I think when you say that's not bad advice, she's like, oh, well, okay. Mom owes me five bucks. You're making bets now? He thinks nobody listens to me. Aren't you like in charge of them? Oh, they listen to me. Oh, I see. Okay. I mean, you do need to work on your people skills. I will say that much. Yeah, you do. Goodbye, Kira. (laughs) (laughs) I do think Kira will kind of smile at that and kind of shake her head and will kind of turn to like walk away. For what it's worth, I don't blame you for Amber, for what you did. Goodbye, Kira. See you around. And Kira will walk out. And she might start snooping. Who would be the best person to maybe do some, help me with like some sort of surveillance on Rex Crook? Mark. (laughs) Maybe, honestly. Or one of your guys, Edgar, maybe. 
He is a dog. Yeah. I think that's I think Kira would head back to Dawnbreak next. And I think that's one one of the things that she would do when she gets there is I think she would actually instruct maybe, yeah, I'll I'll have Edgar see if he can maybe do a tail on Rex just to kind of watch his movements, see if there's any places that he's going to frequenting a lot, anything that seems out of the ordinary. Just kind of get a beat on his movements. Okay. All right, that'll take some time. So let's jump to Anna. Okay. She's at work. (laughs) I think first and foremost, she would actually check in with Lowry. Maybe on while she's on her break or something. Uh, She'd like lounge back in the the back behind the shop and then head uh, into her mind to try to speak with him. Okay. What where what's he doing? Where is he in the cabin? I think he's like leaning against the like center island in like what would be the kitchen in a perfect approximation of the way you were leaning against the counter at work five minutes ago. <laughs> and he's just like resting his chin in his hand, dead eyes, just looks like asleep standing up basically. Okay, then I think Anna would actually like really slowly like sneak and go right in front of him on the other side of the counter. Hello? Are you awake? Lowry? Hello? (laughs) I am awake. I'm just very bored. Well, we can't have that. You know, when you're bored, I'm bored. Well, you know, sometimes people have to work. That's just one of the many things I just don't get about this side. I'm sure there's things that you didn't like doing back, back home. Well, sure, but like... Is society going to collapse because you're not standing behind that counter? I just don't understand why every single person has to have a job. Well, for some people, it gives them a purpose. Sure, and that's fine. Maybe that's what this is for me. That's your purpose. Well, maybe it's not my purpose, but it is mine. (laughs) I mean, before this, before I was this, I was in Kira's head. More or less, she was in control 98% of the time. Everybody in her life, everybody that she knows, her job, everything was built for her. I mean, even Mark and Theo, they're they're Kira's friends. (laughs) They still think of me as Kira's sister. They don't really think of it the other way around. This job was the first thing that was mine and only mine. So it matters. He's kind of straightening his shirt a little sheepishly. I didn't, um, like turn around to the fridge and open an imaginary beer. (laughs) Now this, he'll hold up the beer. I do get. (laughs) Well, sure. Maybe you and I should go out sometime. We should go, if we could go out for a night on the town, we can actually drink beer. I mean, you won't really be able to, I guess. But if I'm drunk, are you drunk? How does that work? Or you just watch? I don't know. I don't think you've ever been drunk around me. Come to think of it, have you ever been on a date before? <laughs> <clears throat> what do you want? Huh? What are you? What are you doing here? Answers to my question. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you about this whole, you know, you being stuck in my head scenario and figuring out what we want to do next, because I doubt you want to stay in here forever. No, I figure eventually I'll, you know, go back home. That's lame. You're lame. I know. So are you. That's not fair. Sure it is. You can't just agree with me. Why not? That's not how this works. 
Oh, sorry, am I supposed to yell at you? Ah, Lowry, you're the worst. I am the worst. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Look, do you really want to go home? Or would you rather be able to walk around here like the rest of us? Because I had an idea. I would be able to help Mark better. Exactly. All right. What's the idea? So I think we've been thinking about this whole thing wrong. You know how I said maybe we could build you a body and you were concerned because you were like, what about your own body? Isn't that like a problem? Which it is. So I was thinking about it a little bit more. I mean, Mark's from there, but he can walk around here just fine. I've seen Ro here, so why can't you? We'll investigate a mystery. Five. <laughs> I think I have an idea. I, I bet you do. Well, I was thinking about it. They can come here and go as they please. Why? Who writes the rules? It's gotta be fucking Ro. Maybe you just need her permission. Maybe we just need to ask. Maybe you could help Mark better if he were here. Oh my gosh, Ro, wouldn't that be great? Maybe we make a little petition. We ask her if we can serve Mark better if you were here in person and not in my head. I'm sure Mark would be happy to help pitch this idea. That is true. There is a system in place, and with a prince on our side, we could maybe cut the line. You're welcome. <laughs> she bows theatrically. What if it still doesn't work? Well, then we go to plan B, which is either we find a way to make you a body that you can live in, you stay here indefinitely, <laughs> mm. or we bring you home. And I don't like that last option. I mean, it would be interesting to try out having, you know, consistent shape, taste things and learn them and re remember them. You can change your shape in there. Well, I mean, this whole thing is all happening in your head. This is just, this is just your image of me. Your point? We don't have shapes there. Ah. Uh, At least we don't have to. But you look a certain way whenever you're there, so you can take a shape. I guess it just doesn't make sense to me. Sort of the difference between shape and form. I mean, it's going to be tough for you to understand because, you know. Careful. Well, because you're like human adjacent. So if it doesn't work asking for permission, do you try to have your own body or do you go back? Well, I'm here as long as Mark needs me. So let's do whatever we can. That's right. As long as, long as Mark needs you. Okay. Um, I guess let's call Mark then. So, Mark, you are, Catrell, you are at a garage sale. Catrell has walked over with a truly stunning owl cage, complete with stand that, like, kind of bends over and clasps it at the top such that the whole thing dangles. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. Where did you find it? There's all kinds of this kind of stuff here. It's inlaid with, like, the bars have, like, little fletchings, like it's, like, they're, Feather filigrees. This is perfect. Um, and then I look back and I look at my motorcycle and go, and I, I look back at the cage then look back at the motorcycle and then look at Catriel <laughs> and then look a couple more times. I don't know if we're going to be able to get this stuff home. We need help. Can't you just, you know, <laughs> I mean, what? No, mm. I don't mm, Norton people. Yeah. There are like probably half a dozen people at this particular garage sale in the driveway there's a bunch of like cat beds and cat carriers and dog beds and various hamster cages and sort of sitting behind a little tiny card table is the like 
frillily dressed, long, wild, hippie hair. Uh, your neighbor, Larissa Menagerie. <laughs> Larissa Menagerie. I think your only real interaction with her was when she offered to bird sit for you that time. But she's just kind of sitting and looking off with a pleasantly serene look on her face. And your phone rings, Mark. Uh, hold, hold on a second, Catrell. Uh, I'm getting a phone call. Hello? Hey, Mark. How are you? Uh... Okay, I guess. Um, I'm at a garage sale, and I realized I don't have a big enough vehicle to uh, bring stuff home. Oh, um... You know anybody? Does Ramsey Lincoln have some sort of... Absolutely. There is a Clockwork Child sedan with just a ton of bumper stickers on it, and then there is a, like, sliding door cargo van. Okay. With the baby with the Cogs for Eyes logo. Um... Yeah, I, there is a, um, a a cargo van here that Ramsey Lincoln sometimes uses for supply drops. Um, but do you, do you think we can we can get a hold of it relatively quick? Um, she's like looking right at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um sure, but you're gonna have to do me a favor too. Uh, sure. Yeah. What uh, what's going on? I was thinking we could talk to Ro. Uh, about what? And maybe ask her if your brother could stay here. Isn't he already here? In, not in my head. Like maybe he could have. Like maybe he could just walk around like you and me. Oh, like a okay. Yes, yeah, like alive. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can ask Ro and and see. Um, do, do you think she has what control over him as far as him? I. I think she makes the rules who can be here and who can't from her own realm, I would wager. Hmm. I mean, I guess I'm here. It's worth asking. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll ask her for sure. Uh, but wait, let me pick you up and then let's do it here. Okay. Uh, the... I'll come get you. I'll come get you. We'll, we'll pick up the, the stuff. Are you sure not going to be mad that we're using the van? Oh, of course I'll be mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, are you sure you want to... See you in 10! Oh, okay, um, thanks. I think she may have hung up already. <laughs> yeah. Hello? <laughs> and yeah, Anna, Anna will go to the location. She'll she'll pop in the truck and be like, okay, I know how to drive. This is the this is this shifter. <laughs> oh, it's a manual car. <laughs> Roll act under pressure. No, that's what's troubling. It's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this must be the clutch. <laughs> Steps on brake. She did drive successfully once before. Uh, oh, she's great. She's great. So she rolled 14 advanced move. <laughs> okay. You'll be there in eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump to Theo. So I think you sort of hop on your scooter and go kind of in search of Yano. I don't know that you know where to find him. Can I use magic to find him? I would love for you to use magic to find him. 11. Okay. So here's what's weird. He's like maybe 15 sort of blocks away, a little over a mile from what you can tell with your magic. He's just in the in the street. He's not moving. That's really weird. Before Theo headed out, but like definitely like in the driveway, she would have put uh, the truth serum into one of the coffees. Oh my God. And uh, okay. I think like marked one of the sides very discreetly. So that she could tell which one is which. His is definitely black. Theo's is definitely 
not black. Yeah, I would hazard to guess that Theo drinks very sweet coffee. Yeah, so it's like one-fourth coffee, two-fourths cream, and like one-fourth milk. Yep. Okay, so you get those things, you put them on your little scooter cup holders. I think like in underneath her seat, this little compartment, she brings like a, a little cup holder thing. Okay. You sort of head towards him, and then you can see he's there's like parked by the side of the road is like a uh, yeah kind of a ratty looking like early two thousands truck with the hood thing over the back section. You know what I mean? Okay, like the tarp kind of section. No, like like a hardback. So it's sort of shaped. It has the shape of like an SUV, but it's definitely a truck. Oh, okay. And you get you get up close to it. You are a hundred percent certain he's in there, and you sort of. Look through the window, and he's got a ball cap over his face, and he is asleep in the driver's seat. Theo will knock on the window. <laughs> I'll like lean back and put the cap on his head, see it's you, take the cap off, and step out of the car. Uh, Theo will kind of, like, look around. What are you doing? Resting. Here? Yeah, no, it's tired. In the middle of a neighborhood on the side of the road. It's quiet. Peaceful. What are you doing here? Oh, I came to find you, and Theo will go to her scooter and pull out the coffee, hand him the coffee that she brought for him. Ah, delightful. The opposite of rest. He'll take a big swig of his coffee. <sighs> I think you and I both feel instantly guilty. <laughs> well, should have thought of that before. <laughs> it's one of those, I didn't think I was going to get this far. Don't you have a place that you're staying that you could just... Rest? No, Yana was technically currently homeless. Zerta looks around confused for a second, then shrugs and takes another sip of coffee. <laughs> oh, bud. Homeless. I thought you said you were in town for work. This was a lie. So what are you doing in town? In Duluth, the exciting work did not pay, and the paying work was not exciting. I had such a nice time with you and your friends. I thought I would come and work with you some more. This coffee, she is very good. My parents have a great coffee maker. Yes, you are terrifyingly rich. We don't work to get paid, though. You'd get paid less than you would in Duluth. Did something happen in Duluth? I want to say things got weird with Deputy Street in Duluth. Supernatural things are easy to fight when they are underground, and they are when people come to Yano to help them with secret happenings, they trust Yano. This Sidaris business pushed things into a troublingly public light, and, well, Yano found... A target upon his back. Oh. What I want you to intuit and get from him talking, because I, I can't find the words and say them in his voice at the same time. The last year has been rough with the, the high-profile things that happened there and then kind of have happened since. The transition went from people counting on him to keep them safe from monsters and evil and scary magic things to them just fully associating him with them and almost blaming him for them. So he was run out of town. Oh, well, I'm honestly sorry to hear that. Why did you come here? You could have gone anywhere. You could have gone anywhere else in Minnesota. You could have gone anywhere in the country. And yet you came here. Here there are things weirder than Yano. And here there is you, Sorella. What is that supposed to mean? You need help. I'm fine. Would you roll glamour for me? Yeah. You are so lucky, Johnny. That is a five. Roll double ones. 
I think he will like bring a finger up to rest underneath his eye and say, are you fine? Yeah, I am. But Theo will look at the ground. <laughs> one of us is rich and one of us is homeless. I am, Yano is not here to judge. How do you think you could help? I think he will like straighten up and rest his hands on his waist and kind of go, I have much experience in handling odd things, monsters, temptations. Perhaps I could act as a kind of mentor. When I was your age, I had such a man. He helped me enormously. Why? I get the whole broken sink thing and I don't, I'm not a broken sink. He'll look at you like almost offended, like, no, you are a fixer of sinks. You said that you are afraid of my family. I don't understand why you would want to help me. Because I despise this Maggio and everything they stand for, and in you I see my best opportunity to take them down from within. And then he clamps both hands over his mouth. I think Theo, like, is a little taken aback. Her face turns red. I think her jaw definitely clenches. And she, like, points at him. I knew it. You aren't here to help me. You have ulterior motives. I'm not the one who put veritasum root in my coffee. Would you have told me this otherwise? Or are you just going to use me to get to the inside of Maggio? Because that's all that I am. I'm Manessos. I'm Maggio. <sighs> I'm horrible. Because what I want to happen now is for Yano to sort of pop the lid off of the coffee. And you can see that not a drop of it has been drunk so far. <laughs> this too, Yano will teach you. Not to be so gullible and take a big actual swig of it. Also, you know they make this without the scent. Got it from my sisters. Technically, the recipe calls only for sawdust. To have used cedar is a good shortcut, but it's very telltale. You know, there are also spell hacks where you can use only salt and other kinds of dust. I'll look into it next time. Then he'll put a hand on your shoulder and be like, Sorella, the truth, you are, as we say, batting far above your weight class. That's not what we say. That's not a thing. I can handle myself. I've got it handled. I think he's going to go. He'll hold up his other hand in front of your face and go, so did I. And then like two of his fingers and his thumb on that hand will sort of flicker and disappear. They're not really there. What was I supposed to do? You have done what you had to. And now together, we will do better. And then he'll lean in a little bit and go, I do hate your Maggio, though. I'm sorry about the coffee. It was just suspicious. It was a good plan. You sh really shouldn't be sleeping in your car. Do you have a better suggestion? I mean, I'm sure that Kira or Mark could put you up, or I could get you a hotel. Although, if, I mean, if you're sticking around, you can find something a little bit more permanent until you get settled or you want to... I drive you... And so, whatever. Let us see to this, uh, this Mark friend of yours. He had a good air about him. Yeah, he's good. He's going to open the back of his truck and, uh, I think surprise you based on how sort of hefty and out of shape he seems. He will pick up your scooter and put it in the back of his truck and be like, shall we? Yeah, I have lots of questions, though. Then he will take another big sip of coffee and I will answer them. They will get in the car with him. Okay. Mark. And they will text Mark. Hey. 
what's up? Are you still furniture shopping? Um, yes. Mark, she has a couch for hamsters. <laughs> what? Do they even sit? <laughs> oh, this is the best. I love garage deals, sales. <laughs> Can I catch up with you? I'm also kind of bringing a friend. Sorry. Sure. Who's your Who's your friend? Yano. Oh, I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, it's a long story. I'll tell you about it when I see you. Thumbs up emoji. And then I send her my location. Which, by the way, Anna was coming to pick you up. So are we dropping your stuff back off at your house first or? Well, Anna arrives, I think, is what's happening now. Okay. Yeah. The other thing I want to say is you've gone to a number of these, I think, Mark, and you have found like a, a twin bed frame complete with mattress that you were like, oh, this is perfect. We have no way to get this home. Thanks anyway. And then you went and found like a really nice big heavy dresser. And you're like, this is also perfect. We have no way to get this home. <laughs> Thank you. And then you found a kitchen table and chairs. And then guess what? I think Catrol maybe insisted on buying one of the chairs just to be like, so nobody else takes it. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got one chair. You have one chair and this bird cage that you're standing by. But then all these other like lines on stuff throughout the neighborhood i just picture both of us standing there i've got the cage she's got the chair by the leg and she pulls up and then up pulls hannah so you you pull up in your work van and you see mark like sort of holding and admiring a very big very nice very fancy owl cage it's even i think it's even got like a um maybe five inch tall bronze owl statue on top of it oh wow <laughs> yeah it's really nice you, you can see my uh his his mouth moving outside the vehicle because you're just pulling up or whatever but you see him say thank god <laughs> <laughs> hey anna thanks for uh for doing this appreciate it yeah don't worry gas mileage is on the bus yeah th- we'll 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 chat about that in a bit um we have a couple things uh that we found um, now that we have a bigger vehicle, uh, do you mind if do you mind if we uh, if we go get those things and bring them in? How much space is in the back? And then I think Mark jumps and looks in. This is a pretty good pretty good uh, room, and she'll like pull down like the I think it's like one of those like um, or not pull down but retractable like, the retract the thing that like pulls up or whatever to like open up the back. Oh wow! Like like a like a garage door almost. Kinda yeah, yeah but okay. it's because there's some trucks that have that back. Yeah, you. Get started on that. I made a promise to Catrell that I would take her shopping for some clothes. So I'm going to oh. find her some cute outfits. Wait, he, uh, at the garage sales here? Maybe. There's probably something around here. Yeah, I, saw, I think I saw a couple down over there. And then uh, I think Mark is going to go back and purchase these things that he's found. So the dresser, the whatever else you said. <laughs> I now want Anna to roll investigate a mystery. Okay. <laughs> the mystery of finding a good set of clothes. And I think I want Mark to roll help out. Okay. Because I think like when you said that, she's like, there was clothes at garage deals? <laughs> I was just going to say, they have clothes? And they definitely did, but she really wasn't looking. She was looking for furniture because you were furniture shopping. She was at the furniture yeah, garage sale. Right. Then there's other stuff here, but I don't know why they have all this stuff at the furniture garage. 14. Okay, well, I rolled only a six, so that would be a seven then. Seven. <laughs> okay. It works out. Here is what happens. You get a bunch of stuff. Mark kind of 
vetoes some things, I think is what that help out is going to mean. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Are you, do you like blues, greens, blues, purples? Greens. Blue? Purple. Just <laughs> <laughs> all the colors then. Okay. Sure. Ooh, what about this one? She like this holds one. up a shirt. <laughs> Well, let me, let me ask you this. And I think maybe she has like two outfits picked out. She's like, which one do you like better? Um, and she turns to look at Mark. Uh, um, and I think Mark looks down and he's wearing like black. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Larissa, what do you think? (laughs) This one is kind of nice and flowy, but then this one is kind of edgy. So... The nice and flowy one, yes, is like a, a very girly, frilly, I think pale yellow top and skirt combo. But then, yeah, the edgy one is, what I wanted that role to kind of mean is that you are going to go home with a wardrobe of clothes for Catrail that are clothes for Anna. <laughs> Like you are dressing her up like you. Ooh, this is some little mini me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is cute. I should buy one for myself. So she has a couple of trim denim jackets, a bunch of graphic tees with spooky shit on them. I think the one that you just that you just got there from Larissa just has the print in the middle is just a big freestanding disembodied fang. Mm-hmm. A single huge 12 foot tall fang on the t-shirt and some dark jeans and some combat boots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. Cute. Oh, girl, you are gonna look so fierce. And she's like, she's got her spear in Mark's living room and she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. I think Mark just like holds up his, his phone and takes a picture. Gonna save this one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Puts it on the fridge. <laughs> and then um, the sound of like a truck with a faulty muffler sort of pulls up and comes to a stop and the engine cuts right in front of your house, Mark. And Yano and Theo get out and walk up your drive and head into your door. Theo, come on in. Yano, good to see you. And I think Mark gives gives Theo a hug and a kiss on the forehead and then pats Yano on the back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How tall is he comparatively to me? I think Mark is quite tall. Yano is almost exactly the same height as you, maybe a bit higher, like where your eyes would come up to about his nose, but... But not obscenely different. He's 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 a sturdy fella. So yeah, you could kind of come up and clap him on the back like a peer. I was just wondering if I was like clapping him on the back of the elbow because that's his, <laughs> like this big guy. He will seemingly from nowhere produce a bottle of wine and present it to you, Mark. Oh, uh, thanks. Wait, thanks. <laughs> I think he goes and like sets it down. And uh... it was my understanding this house she is new to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got it a while ago here, but like, I haven't had a chance to really be in it yet. We've been running around so much. Consider your house to be warmed. <laughs> Thank you. And I think, um, yeah, he start, or Mark goes outside and continues to like unload stuff into the house. Yano, unprompted, will come out and help you. Thank you. And I'm going to say in short order, everything will be in and like moving things like this is definitely something that was an old standby for Yano's stock in trade for decades. He's like a musician of moving things. Like he can tell instantly when he takes the table, when you take the table out of the van that uh, it's not going to fit through your door. So he just like sort of reaches back into one of the pouches on his belt 
and just kind of casually lifts it up and like spins a wrench underneath a couple times, moves over and spins another wrench. And then just is doing, has the legs of this table crooked under one arm and takes all of the rest of them off. He's really fucking good at this. Wait, did, did, did you just break the table? No, he's disassembled. Oh. Carry and flip. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Cool. I didn't, I didn't know you had tools on you. Nice. <laughs> Do you not? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. And, and then he continues to just carry it in. So yeah, it's like 30 minutes. This table is disassembled, reassembled inside. The chairs are, are put in and, and arranged. Uh, it's all he can do to not like try to stain them to match the exterior of your house. <laughs> the bed frame is taken apart and put back together, made and installed in. Uh, I think what had been maybe I was going to say it's probably like a a uh, another room kind of on that that main level. What you maybe would have imagined to be an office, but won't be an office now. It'll be a guest room. And then yeah, you get the um, everything's really all set up. And uh, I take the new bird cage and go, Lariat, here's your cage, and then sit it next to his old one so he can do the transfer. <laughs> oh, he's gonna fly out a light on your shoulder. <laughs> I imagine us both nod at the same time and then goes flying towards it. <laughs> He's legs on your shoulder, looks at it, looks at you, you look at him, and you both just go, mm. <laughs> And then he flies inside his new one. And there's multiple levels of perches for him in here, I think. He's like jumping around on them like it's the uneven bars in the Olympics. I think there's a little level right at the top. And I had found in this this like kids area of the garage. So just a little pillow. And I like put the little pillow on the on the on that top little ledge or whatever <laughs> he like hops up to it and then does that bird thing where he steps a sideways towards it and just snuggles his his little shoulders against it adorable and yano is gonna kind of look at everybody and go is 245 somewhere and pop the wine listeners and welcome to the intermission for episode 17. We have officially entered act two of season three and I'd like to think that we could stay here where it's nice and everyone's happy and going garage sale hopping but I think we all know things won't stay this peaceful forever so buckle up friends. Before we get back to the episode I do have a few announcements to share with all of you. First of all for our patrons the finale for our mini campaign Blades of Brickwall is out and ready for you. It's been a lot of fun playing the Blades in the Dark system and trying out some new characters and we've got a lot more bonus episodes coming in the future and a new mini campaign that will be coming to patreon soon but until then our next episode of the cover story will be out in two weeks from now on november 21st I also have a few reminders to share with you guys. First and foremost, if you'd like to support the show, there are a few ways that you can do that. You can leave us a reading and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your listening platform of choice might be. And be sure to tell your friends about us because word of mouth is the best way for our show to get noticed. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Blue Sky Social. We're on Twitter at Monster Playbook and Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Blue Sky Social at Monsters Playbook book. You can also join us in our Discord. It's a great place for us to connect and talk with our listeners. If they have any questions about the show, want to discuss fan theories, or even just hang out with us and play games sometimes. You can also support us monetarily by subscribing to our Patreon or visiting our merch store and Ko-fi page. Links to all of these things and more can be found in our Direct Me profile, which is in this episode's show notes. 
Our promo for this week is for Gals and Goblins, an adventure podcast that loosely follows the rules of Dungeons and Dragons, but strictly follows the rule of cool. Join a band of adventurers as they traverse the realm of Eldravale and make their way to Frogmont Adventuring Academy for young women. Let's take a listen. What the heck is Gals and Goblins about? <laughs> there's a child and there's somebody who's finding it. Have we found a child? You guys see the most attractive frog man you have ever seen. Um, killed two men to get here. <laughs> so we go back to Morrigan hearing the voice of like a faceless demon. <laughs> Do we have backup plan in case we are completely wrong? No. Okay, then we are completely right. Let's operate them <laughs> This is a lot to process. New episodes every Wednesday. You can find Gals and Goblins on TikTok and Instagram at Gals and Goblins. All these links can also be found in our episode show notes. And with that, let's get back to the episode. Well, thank you, Yano, for the the wine. I appreciate it. You should paint these walls. Paint these? They are very bland. Yano's looking for a little bit of work. Oh. Well, I mean, I didn't really have any plans for painting the walls, but, I mean, I'd be open to it. Do you have any suggestions, Yano? Something cooling and relaxing to put you in a positive mood in the living room. Perhaps a warmer color in the entryway to make it appear to be cozy and inviting. How much would something like that cost? Although, I have learned from watching Queer Eye that black actually adds dimension to a room. (laughs) (laughs) This Bobby Burke does not get the credit he deserves. These other boys, they are are giving haircuts and deciding upon t-shirts. He remodels the house in one week. He does a lot of work. He is my Superman. (laughs) Kira. So, Kira has gone to Dawnbreak. She has, I think, asked... Edgar to tail Rex to see if perhaps we could find some more information on comings and goings. Yeah, his movements, figuring out like what he has been up to lately. I think she, before she does anything major, I think I want her to check in and see how Gad's doing. I think they've got him essentially on bed rest, is what I think. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't be here, he would be at home. Like he does have an apartment, I think. Can I go visit him at home then? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Go visit him. Where does he live? He lives in St. Paul. I think in one of these sort of three-story things, probably was built as a sixplex in the 1900s, remodeled into, um, well, no, built as like a basically a mansion that was sort of cut up into a sixplex in like the 60s. Okay. One of these places. He lives on the second floor and I think he comes to the door like draped in a huge heavy blanket. And he's like, oh. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I thought I'd come check on you. He will stand up as little as he possibly can. He will walk you in and sit and like sit down, you know, better each day. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's all pretty worried. I can't tell whether to apologize or thank you. Why on earth would you apologize? To have worried you. Oh, (laughs) there's no need to apologize. You didn't. There were some very bad people who wanted to hurt us, and they knew a way to do that was to get to me by taking you. That's not on you. Well, um, I have some juice. Uh, okay, don't get up. And Akira will go to the fridge and 
will find this juice is like apple juice, the orange juice. What kind of juice we're we working with? It's pretty well stocked up. I think I think Yuna has gone pretty all out on him. He's got tons of soup. He's got a bunch of bread. He's got a lot of juice. Capri Sun. <laughs> you know what? Probably. Hell yeah! She's gonna just take him. Take one for for Yad. Okay. I'll bring it over. Does he have any like um like gaming consoles or anything? I don't think so. He strikes me as a serious young man. I think his apartment is is pretty Spartan. I think he has like a a desk where you can tell like his laptop would go, but the laptop remains in his bag because he hasn't unpacked it. And I think he has a full on writing desk. Okay. With like stationery and shit. Damn. She'll hand them hand him his Capri Sun. Well, hopefully it gets you back on your feet in a couple of days. You still gotta finish your training. When you're ready, of course. I think he makes a rolls his eyes in sort of a tired expression. He's like, please let me rest. <laughs> no, I wouldn't uh wouldn't dream of pushing you too hard. How are you? I'm doing all right. Stuff uh when that we dealt with uh, while we were there has been a long time coming, so kind of been in a weird place lately, but I kind of feel like finally getting some momentum on a few things. So it's not a bad pace to be, but still looking for answers to Ember. Still don't know what her deal is. Worried what uh, will happen if we can't figure it out in time. Well, then it takes a big, <laughs> like drains his juice in one and straightens up and moves as if to burp loudly, but burp burps quite gently indeed and goes... Then I will recover as quickly as I can. Yeah. I saw that Vanya came back. That was a little surprising. Yeah. I think he's as, he's as surprised about that as you are. Seems your trust in her was not misplaced. I suppose this is why you're our leader. I don't know if I'd call it trust. What then? Maybe faith. That, no offense, but that rather surprises me. If there's one thing that I've learned, Gad... In my, oof, 29 years. One of the hardest things when it comes to leading people is knowing when you need to give up on someone and when to keep pushing. Sometimes people are going to be a lost cause. But other times, if you're careful, you're persistent, if you really see them for who they are, you can do a lot more good than harm. I think Kira, I imagine Kira always has her fucking like weapons with her. I think she like pulls out maybe a knife or something. When I was in Divinity Shadow, I was taught to be a weapon, a blade, to strike my enemies. Sometimes the best weapon is this one. And she'll like point at her chest. I think he doesn't know what to say. He just nods thoughtfully and slurps on the empty Capri Sun pouch. I think she'll kind of get up. Consider it your first lesson, but it might be the most important one. And I think she will head to Dawnbreak now after having checked in. I'm going to stick with you for a little bit. You head back to Dawnbreak to do what? I do think she might quick check in with Vanya before maybe checking in with somebody else. Okay. Is she around? So first of all, because we, we discussed this earlier, I have never described what Vanya looks like physically. She has like sort of light straw colored blonde hair. 
that I'm I sort of imagine her having in like a a loose braid pulled over the side of her shoulder. And as far as dress, I think she's dressed sort of military casual, I guess. Like a Henley and like some olive drab pants that cinch at the ankles. And she is showing off the uh the water elemental to the book. And it's like, it's here, but smaller than you've seen it before. I think it's about like, this thing is like a sort of combination human slash turtle with spiky fangs and empty eyes. And it's maybe like eight foot in diameter at its widest point in the shell. And she's like having it lift things. Okay. (laughs) Kind of just being like, yeah, and this is kind of how it works. And it's... I'm not going to do it here, but it's it's the water one, so it you know cause swells of tides and such. It's pretty impressive. She turns around and sees you entering. It's like, ah, boss lady. Vadia, how are you? Surprised. How so? I didn't think I'd be back here. Yeah, I was uh, wasn't sure if we would see you again, but glad you are. I think Kira might like nudge her head to like have her follow her to start like walking. Be around the perimeter of the building or something. Okay. She'll leave the elemental with the book. The elemental will get much less active with Vanya not there to control it, but she can keep walking up and conking it on the shell. What, am I hired in trouble? What's going on? (laughs) No, I guess I'm just uh, wanted to check in with folks today. I haven't really had a moment to relax in a while, but I find myself actually having a breath, so I wanted to make sure that that you're fitting in here, that you feel like you're of use. We're glad to have you here. I don't want this to be like Divinity Shadow. This is not like that. I'm going to hold you to that. Fucking hope so. I think she's going to like cross her arms and sort of take a couple of meaningful steps towards you and be like, like a knife to your throat. I think Kira kind of crosses her arms. They call it the straight and narrow for a reason, Ashwood. Good. If you ever see me doing anything that reminds you of Divinity Shadow... Call my shit out. This is a new way. I'll consider that my target and you my client. <laughs> well, I hate to be so businesslike, but... You gotta understand. This is the lens I view the world in. I haven't been um, a part of something, you know, since. I think you can understand that. I think Kira will hold out her hand. Vanya will take it intimidatingly tightly. And Kira will squeeze back just as tight. All right. Well... Hope you call me on my shit. I hope you don't have to. Well, I wish I didn't, but that jacket is not working with those shoes, and she'll walk away. <laughs> Kira looks down at herself. Fucking bitch. <laughs> there is a person kind of organizing papers or something within earshot who will kind of be like, I mean, it's red leather and brown leather. She's got a point. I'm sorry. They'll <laughs> <laughs> scurry away. <sighs> Kira might next try to track down, where is Jazz? So Jazz has been more or less, I mean, not quite catatonic. He kind of can sort of walk around and respond to commands and stuff, but he doesn't, he hasn't said much of anything, basically, since you brought him here. I think the other thing that I want to point out to you at this point is that he also hasn't eaten anything. Really? Even if we like try to feed him? I mean, he'll he'll sort of eat if like made to, I guess. 
but he he's he's fine not eating mm, okay he doesn't appear to have lost any weight all right i want to find him and maybe um verdigree because mm-hmm. i kind of would imagine that kira might have had verdigree maybe monitoring his situation maybe investigating what his deal is okay could I roll um, whatever? I don't know which, what would make sense, but either lore, my lore library or my mystical library to maybe answer some questions about his deal. Yeah. Why don't you roll? It would be lore library. That is a nine. Okay. You can ask one question. Can I ask like what he is? Like what sort of like powers or abilities or that kind of stuff? Two things. One, I will remind you that I think, I believe I have told you this already, he has some connection to that tape player, the sounds. Yep, that was the other part of him. Yep, that says on the on the tape deck, cassette, the devil you know. It's a connection to that. And then I think the exterior components of him are tissue, like skin and such. But I think that like they've surreptitiously scanned him and his he doesn't have bones. It's It's metal. Oh, so he's like kind of part, he's like cyborg. He's more artificial than artificial. Okay. Not simply constructed, but built. And the other kind of thing that they have noticed is when he thinks no one else is around, he hums and or whistles like a little tune. Okay. Have we caught any pieces of it? It's not, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a recognizable tune. It's like kind of a. He's just a melody. Yeah. Always the same, but it's not, you can't place it. It's not a song that like is known. Kira would turn to Verdigree and say, do we have any sort of books with spells about some sort of containing magic? Oh, plenty. And kind of waddles. Can you be more specific? Something that would contain beings within a, a radius or confine them to a room or something. Some sort of trap. I mean, of course, you could ask your sister. That's sort of something she's quite skilled in. Yeah, she's at work right now. I don't want to bother her. <laughs> she's currently drinking wine. <laughs> yep. I think Ver- Verdigree is going to kind of go, yes, she is quite serious. I might give her a call, but I want to protect the building itself, too. And I'm not sure if she has something that can be that far reaching. From whom? This is Johnny asking. Kira is considering using the tape recorder and using it on jazz to see if she can find out information about what his deal is, see what he knows, because he had spouted out that prophecy back when they were uh, at Cross's apartment, mm-hmm. where he said, runes burn like embers, embers fade to ash, ash will cover the world. And or she is wondering if maybe he has some sort of insight into what might happen or what he knows, where, where is he getting this prophecy from? So she's considering getting the tape recorder, but she also knows that the instructions were pretty clear not to use the tape recorder. So if she does use it, she wants to safeguard him from being able to leave so that he can't escape and wreak havoc on the city if something really bad goes down. She wants to basically confine him here. Okay. I think Verdigree will suggest we've been monitoring him sort of surreptitiously. I wonder if prior to using the sounds, we don't do a more thorough, proper examination, not just of the man, but... Of his mind. Go into his mind somehow? See if there's anything there, as he is. Do we have any sort of spells to be able to do that? Any technology? You have two options that I will tell you about. 
One is obviously Aaron's machine that you've used before. And two is your friend, Mark Clayton. Okay. Speaking of which, back at Mark's house, Yano has figured out how to plug Mark's phone into the speakers on the TV. So you guys are listening to some non-threatening party music. I think he's got some vaporwave going. Hey, uh, you guys know Dockers? Do we know Dockers? Of course we know Dockers. But he could take this party up a notch. Oh my gosh. Mark, <laughs> there are kids around. She's not wrong. I think Mark has had a, a little bit of the wine and he's feeling it. How are you going to improve a party with your pants? <laughs> <laughs> Anna like turns around with her wine glass, maybe spills a little on Yano. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yano has prepared for this by wearing a wine-colored button-down. Nice. Dockers is a ghost that lives in Mark's head. I, I just I just had a thought that isn't related to the party right now, but what if Dockers got a body? So I was actually wanted to talk to you about this, Mark. The whole getting a body for Lowry situation. I actually have a different idea. I think I told you I was thinking maybe Ro could give permission for him to be here. Yeah. I did not realize we were going to be having a party, but maybe you could come by the Clockwork Child and we could ask Ro there later today or tomorrow, whatever. Yeah, I mean, sooner rather than later. I mean, I, I'm sure he loves being in your head, but I'm sure he also wants to like be a little, little free, you know? Hey, why don't we get this Ro into the party? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could ask if she wants to hang out for a little bit, but I, I think she's, she's very busy. I think Anna, like, puts her hands like in a prayer position and she's like, I don't think we want to ask if Lowry can have a body while we are buzzed. Might not go well. I mean, some of us are buzzed. Yeah, we should get fully smoked. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should be sober. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And I think he's like, exaggerating the syllables there. Uh, Catrell also, I think, is like, absolutely <laughs> This sour grape juice makes me slow. She's drinking some? <laughs> oh my god, Mark! What? Oh! You're letting oh. her drink! And Anna, like, takes the grape juice. Yeah, you're gonna give that to Aunt Anna. <laughs> she's, like, doing that thing where she's trying to, like, tip it and make it spill into her mouth even as you're taking it away from her. And I think Mark is just like, oh, shoot. Uh, Okay, I'm going to start drinking some water and I'm going to get out of here, I think. Uh, Okay. Uh, Look, can you come by the Clockwork Child in a little little while? Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'll be there in a little bit. Great. And again, thank you for helping bring over this stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, everybody wants a friend with a truck. I am prepared to fully hand wave this and have Anna go back to work to finish out her shift. I think the party probably starts winding down and then like I start making plans to go over there. And Yeah, as the sun sort of comes down, you like have that sort of afternoon wine headache. You sober up. I do think, Anna, when you get back, there is a piece of paper taped to the back door uh-huh. that just says, ask and is underlined. Whoops. <laughs> I do have a question. I think we had, Anna had asked this earlier. Does Lowry get buzzed if Anna is buzzed? Oh. <laughs> I want you to 
roll plus weird. Okay, that is an eight, or no, 11. <laughs> I have to add my modifier. <laughs> that's traditionally what you do with those. So with an 11, it is up to you. I, I think it gets him drunk or buzzed. Yeah, I think you go in, sort of tear off the piece of paper, the admonishing piece of paper note from mm -hmm. uh, Lincoln Ramsey and head inside and sort of like head behind the counter where, yes, no one is really shopping here right now. You go in to check on him. What kind of music is Mark into? Kind of chill music, lo-fi, easy tracks. I don't think he's into like anything like hard rock or anything. Yeah, you go inside your like little cabin that you had set up for him, and there is like some like phasey, wobbly synth music <laughs> going on <laughs> with some gentle yet driving drum tracks. And he is fucking grooving in this living room. <laughs> I think Anna just is like kind of watching like, oh my God. Eyes closed. He's feeling himself. Wow, nice moves you got there. He freezes. <laughs> nice wine. Yeah, maybe you have a little bit more fun today. See, it's not all boring here. Well, you got to go back to work. I think like when he froze, the music stopped and then he like taps the air and the music starts again. Yeah, that's a good point. But you probably have to wake up with me if that's how this works. If me getting drunk gets you drunk, then you probably are awake when I'm awake, right? I'm awake now. Yeah, weird. Anyway, we'll figure out the whole row situation tomorrow. I think you go back to work and you like are tapping your foot along with his synthwave song in real life. Okay, Kira, were you going to call somebody? I think I would ask maybe to use that device from Aaron. Okay. Roll manipulate someone first and fourth most. 14. Advanced. Fucking Jesus. So with a 14, I will let you decide. Mm-hmm. Do you want to use the fact that Aaron kind of still has a crush on you? <laughs> Or not? I, well, I definitely don't think Kira would be playing into that at all. I think she would be reaching out quite businesslike. I mean, as a friend, because she does care about Aaron. But So yeah, you'll call him up. Well, this is a kind of a surprise. Did everything everything turn out okay with, you know, the last job? Uh, yeah, I uh, just have some ongoing threads that I'm hoping to look into. I was going to see if maybe we could use your your device. If, uh, if that works for you. Did we miss something last time we uh, went, went diving? Uh, not, not for me. Uh, we have uh, someone here who's been here with us for, God, it's been almost a year now, I think. He's almost catatonic, and we want to see if there's anything left inside. There might be information that he has that we could use. I think you can hear him on the other end of this phone call grinning in his best being cool voice like well that that is my favorite kind of mystery awesome we're at dawn break if you want to come um, the new headquarters i think you've been there a couple times i can google it it's called dawn break investigations it's uh in an old warehouse in st paul i'll see you soon um this person are they gonna be conscious. Would it be easier if they were? I'm just saying 
how can I put this? It's kind of a permissions thing that my device is really built to work kind of the way we used it, where you open yourself up. It's sort of like hypnosis rules. Hmm. So you want somebody to be compliant. Yeah. If you had any way to, um, I don't know, amplify this or if there was any kind of, um, I mean, I know you have like some, a lot of magical friends or like you're a magical kind of person. If there was some kind of way you could coax this mind into opening up, that would, um, I think he's like, you could tell that he, he really wants to end the sentence with that would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. But instead he says, that would be literally the only way I could help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I can do something about that. Why don't you swing by tomorrow? I'll get the rest of the group together. It's kind of short notice. What if I have plans tomorrow? Oh, or Friday. No, I don't have plans tomorrow. Are you doing okay, by the way? Huh? No, yeah, I'm hanging in there. Because I'm pretty sure, didn't he get, like, his arms cut off? Or his hands? I've, um, found some workarounds. Well, that doesn't surprise me. See you tomorrow, then? Yeah. I'm glad you're okay, Aaron. I'm glad you're okay, too. Click. Okay. Kira will wait until folks do whatever, want to do their own thing, but I think she would send out a message to the group to say, hey, if you guys are available tomorrow, I want to try to look into Jazz's mind, and I would appreciate it if you guys could come by to help out. And she sent it to Theo, Mark, and Anna. I think Anna would be like, I'm there. It's like a thumbs up emoji. Custom winking bit emoji. <laughs> Making exactly the face from the character art. Uh, do Theo and Mark say that they will be there? Yes, we will say that we are there tomorrow. We will be there tomorrow. Well, Theo, something's happening tonight, remember? Yeah, I know. I will say then in the interim, the only thing that Kira would kind of focus on, I think she would also let Tommy know because I think he still has the tape recorder. That sounds right. So he would be maybe uh, just there with that on standby if we need it for any reason. But then she also is going to continue, I think, just investigating Rex. Okay. Roll investigate a mystery for Edgar. And then Anna and Mark had a scene to play out where you wanted to contact Roe. Yes. That is just a seven for investigate a mystery. Okay. With that role, Rex's kind of comings and goings throughout the day were more or less normal for a a, a dude of his age, status, and wealth. He got a barbershop shave. He got a pedicure. He took a number of meetings at his office. And he he had to sign for the sale of the Genco olive oil factory mm-hmm. to someone else. Uh, and then he almost immediately spun around and used the money from said sale to purchase a... Um, well, a different factory. It looks like a um, a sort of machining, machine parts concern. And also present at the sale of that was a older man with a white beard and a bald head wearing purple robes. That's who he sold the building to? He was there to buy the building. And as he left, he shook that person's hand and that person... So like he sold the olive oil thing to... By all accounts, well, an up-and-coming sort of food manufacturing family business. And as far as Edgar could tell, they were 
straight legit. He then almost immediately went to this other factory that makes machine parts and was met at that that second factory by a robed, bald, and bearded older man. They both signed something, and then Rex left, and the old, the older man didn't. What Edgar is putting together for you is that there is functionally a new tower. At these other factories. There's a new factory that will be doing something. There's a new mage-looking dude that will be doing something. These robes, anything like familiar about them? Can I roll my dark past? Sure. Nine. What's your question? Do I know anyone who might be behind this? So I want to tell you everything that you know about this guy because you do know about this guy. His name is Horatio Downs. Horatio Downing, which is what he goes by professionally. But you know and you have known for years, especially in your Divinity Shadow days. His real name is Harvey Donalds. He's much more Vincent Snow than a tower. He's a charlatan. He's full of shit. Mm -hmm. And I think what you can intuit between that and Edgar is Rex Crook probably knows it. Okay. That's fine for now then, I think. Shall look into that more later. Okay. And then... uh, we're going to do Anna and Mark, we're going to do Theo, and then that'll be the end of the day, and then tomorrow you'll talk about jazz. So I show up at the clockwork child. Uh, Anna will come greet you. Hey, Anna. Hello. Welcome to the clockwork child. Anything I can get for you today, sir? Just a nice seat. Oh, um, <laughs> just like, I guess there's some, there's a couch here. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I was thinking maybe we could contact Ro and ask... She maybe would give permission to have Lowry be able to walk the earth like you or she does. You make it sound like he's just being born. I mean, in a sense, from what Lowry tells me, he wants to be able to help you. And I think maybe he would have a better stand a better chance of helping you if he could walk uh, freely. So maybe that's how we position it. We position it like... This is this is really to help you, really. Can I can I reach out to Roa? She's like talking about it and how to position it and just ask if she'll present herself for a second. <laughs> Mark will manipulate someone. Anna, as you're saying this, Lowry's like, make me sound like a servant. Well, Ro will probably like that, honestly. Doesn't mean I have to like it. I okay, I get you. How do I have a headache? I don't even have a head. Seven. You just hear her voice. She sounds distracted, and she goes, uh, "What? Do you do you have a second? For what? Hoping? Are you talking to her? <laughs> Am I just like staring blankly? I think so. Yes. I okay. think when you do this, you just kind of go, Buh. you stand and drool. <laughs> a, is is a second now? Is that a now thing? Yes, it it is. Um, this is about Lowry, my brother. Okay. <laughs> With that, like, I'm going to take your word on that. He's not able to walk in this plane. How come I am and he's not able to? I don't understand the question because you're you and he's not. Well, are, are you talking to her, Mark? <laughs> I think he continues to drill. <laughs> Can she come here? Can Well, you see, he's, he's, he's come from, from there to here and... He's in Anna's head, and we want him here, but 
That makes sense. Astral body, astral plane. Sure. Yes, but he's he doesn't have a body, so we're we're wondering if if he's able to just be him himself here, because every time he comes here, it hurts him. Like and any time he he resolves in this this plane, he gets hurt. Well, of course of course he does. Well, what do you mean? Of course he does. You can't put. Oh, what is it, you guys? You have a thing for this. You have a thing for this. Ah, what's your thing? Where there's a square and a peg, a square and a round. <laughs> Putting a circle and a, ra- and a square hole? Probably. So what you're saying is he just he isn't compatible here? Mark, roll manipulate someone one more time. Nine. Cut. So she's going to sort of motor mouth as though she's one, explaining something that should be obvious to you, and two, trying to get back to what she was doing already, like an impatient mother. I gave you the wood, damn it! (laughs) She's kidding. Okay, so there, and the kingdoms thereof, are places of ideas, thought, and identity. That's what you are, that's what you're made of, that's what you look like. Here, your place, whatever you call it, I don't know what names you have, I don't know what things you have, I don't know what now is, you are a place of shapes and, and being and physicality. You strode back to your other side on the back of a little boy, and you had years to grow up and pound yourself into a mark shape. And then when it came time for you to step out, you had that shape. You built yourself that shape. Congratulations, you're magical. Lowry's still identity and thought and idea. If you can give him time to pound himself into a shape, you can let him do that. Or if you can find a shape for him to go into, then he can have that. But he's not physical and your place is, okay? I see. What's she saying? He needs to get in shape. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you're the king. <laughs> but what does that mean? Can't she make an exception? She's the king of the sky. It's it, it's not up to her. It's this is just the, the natural state of what he is. Like he's he's an idea right now in this reality, whereas. I somehow have become this this shape that you see me in. And the only way that he's going to be able to have a body is if he attaches himself to one. I mean, that's, I don't know how we're going to do that, but that, I mean, that's, that's an option. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Mark. Look, I mean, maybe. Lowry in your head, Anna, is going to be like, don't. Be rude. I'm not. I just said thank you. <laughs> no, you didn't. Thanks, Mark. Um, Don't worry. We'll figure this out. Yeah, it's going to be fine. He's he's here with us right now. I mean, he it could be worse. He could be, you know, stuck there. But he's here with us. He's with you. <laughs> Lowry kind of goes, would that be worse? And that's a better place than most. Aw. <sighs> Thanks, Mark. I'll keep poking Ro to see if there's a way, but in the meantime, we'll figure it out. It'll be okay. Yeah, um, I'll see you tomorrow. Do you, do you need anything else? Are you, are you okay? I'm, I'm great, thanks. Have a good night. Have a good night. Thanks for trying. Yeah, and uh, take care of my brother. You got it. And I think Mark walks out and you hear his, uh, his, his bike turn on. I think Anna, just as soon as Mark leaves, she uh, flips a sign to closed 
and just goes and sits down in like front of like maybe where all the books are. It's just like, you're telling me that there is all this knowledge, king of the sky. She can't do anything. Fucking bullshit. This isn't the sky. But she can be here. She's of the sky. The rules bend for her. Let's focus on what we have, okay? Anna just like lays back on the ground, just like sprawled out. What do we have? If I can make myself a shape, or if we can find me a shape, that would do it. I've been telling you, we could make you a body, but you said that you didn't want to do that. You change your mind? I, um, I don't know if I'd want to be like a person. What? What would you want to be? I don't know, something that doesn't have to have a job. You don't have to have a job if you're a person. It's not like a requirement for being alive. It's a requirement for you. No, it's not. What did you just talk about? Your whole this is mine? I could quit at any moment. So do it. No, I like working here. I don't want to like working somewhere. You don't have to work anywhere. What, what is this? What is this notion that you have to have a job? You're not listening to me. I don't know if I want to be he gestures to his body, quote unquote. I don't know if I want to be this out there. What do you want to be? Something that flies. They could probably give you wings. Not like that. Huh? He has a version of access to your memories, I think. And he knows why she has wings. Well, I I don't mean like that, but I'm sure we could get some for you. Some sort of spell or something. Why don't we bake the cake before we start putting icing on it? Let's call it a step, okay? Yeah, okay. <sighs> At least you're not leaving. That's what you're getting from all of this? Theo. <laughs> yeah. Sun has gone down. Uh, your father has come home. Can I ask you a question? Can I talk to Yano once more? Okay. Seeking to drive her home, or is she going to have to scooter her way home from Mark's? That's up to you. He could do either because you have your scooter with you. Okay. Also, weird question. Um, would it be possible that during the party, I don't think that Theo would have been drinking, but she would be kind of sort of really busy on her phone? Oh. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering if Theo could have found an apartment for Yano. We'll investigate a mystery. Eight. She finds two. They're both very small. One is quite cheap, but quite crummy. And one is unforgivably overpriced but in great shape. Okay. Are they for rent or purchase? You know what? In Minneapolis in 2022, they're for purchase. <laughs> Shit. This whole fucking town is condos. Oh, how expensive is the ladder? I know you said outrageous, but... Yeah, basically a studio. It says on the lakes, but it's really like almost a mile away from any of them. Uh, and it's $500,000. <laughs> Shit. How crummy is the crummy one? <laughs> that one's to rent for sure. And I mean, it's it's pretty crummy. I think the place has like, it's managed by a company that has half a star on Google reviews and Yelp. The pictures like kind of don't try to crop out the bugs. Uh Crap. I would say with your money, you could afford the, the crummy one. With your family's money, you could afford the nice one. Okay. <laughs> Theo will uh, use the family's money 
and Theo will ask Yano if she could get a ride with him, uh, and she'll give him the directions. This is not to your family's house. Observant. It's to your new apartment. He'll narrow his eyes pleasantly. What have you done, Sorella? I'm not going to lie that it was surprising to see you back here after Duluth, after everything that happened. And if you're honest with sticking around, I'd rather you not be staying in your car. I think his voice is going to break a little bit as he goes, this is true. I just, you saw me use blood magic and that honestly it hasn't stopped. And I was mad. And when I saw Deacon pull up outside of your house, I was mad that you had reported what I did to them. Part of me hoped that I would never see you again. You have been surprising as well. In bad ways, I'm sure. It just kind of shoots you a look. and doesn't really stop driving or say anything else. You want to take a left up here? Then he'll like pull up to the place and do that thing where he like leans forward to look at his windshield look all the way up at this thing which is probably like 25 stories you will have to be there because you bought it and such i believe is the unforgivably speedy american mortgage process that you can have within the last couple of hours purchased for him this condo cool you kind of sign for everything and get the keys and the fob for the door. And this is where Yano lives now. We can get you some different furniture if you want. I don't, I don't know if it's to your taste, but... He'll smile and look around and be like, No, this is, uh, this is well. Now we are both in debt to your family. Now we fight together. Yeah, I'll see you around. He'll gesture around to the apartment and be like, You know where to find me. I think that Theo will do, like, an awkward, like, kind of sort of wave. And I guess, like, head back downstairs and get her scooter out of his car. He would have taken it out for you before he went upstairs. Yeah, she'll head home. Okay. You are aware as you get home, one, that your father's car is there. And then so, too, is uh, uh, Mother Asteri's car. Great. You said that I vaguely met her when I was little, right? Yeah. She's got, like, I think severe grandmother energy. Yeah, but she also gives no shits, so I kind of liked her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, if I can head inside and find my dad. I think you pretty easily can. I think he is working with some of the staff that have been hired for the evening to assemble, like, charcuterie trays and hors d'oeuvres and sort of wine ewers to be put out in the mansion's sort of meeting conference study. Okay. I'm gonna wait a distance away but quietly until he's done like talking to instructing the servants. Roll manipulate someone. Five. Exquisite. As you are standing there waiting for your father, you feel a um someone has sort of snuck up next to you and is like The impression that I want to give you is that they had completely concealed their presence and then snap, took away the concealment as though to be like, 
Yes, I'm here. Theo is frozen, but like kind of like with her eyes looks. Mm -hmm. Also, she would have totally tried to conceal her hand and her eye. Do you want to roll that? Yeah. Ten. Okay, nice. So you kind of look with your two 100% normal eyes for sure. And hand. And your arms that are crossed, your hand that is normal. I think he's not that tall, but he's extremely muscular. But he is wearing like a um, one of those sort of button-down collarless shirts. And he's got dark olive skin and an eye patch and no hair. And he kind of squints at you with his good right eye. And he goes, a centaur does not stalk. Then sort of cock his head at you a little bit and be like, from whom are you hiding? I'm choosing not to interrupt a centaur. Polite. Also does not befit a centaur. You are Theora. Theora like bows slightly. I am. He'll like look at Bennett, who will kind of give him a capital L look. And he will nod until we are introduced. And he'll stride away. Uh, for his part, Bennett, your father, a little now flustered, will sort of take the, I think, clipboard that he had been futzing with and pass it off to someone who definitely has like a fast food person's headset or a, basically a caterer's communications headset and be like, okay, can you just, all right, this is not a great time for our family, Theora. Things are happening. What are you doing here? I was busy. I am busy. I'm sorry. I was trying to find you earlier, but I couldn't seem to find you. Do not apologize. What do you need? I'm sorry. Is there anyone else in the room? About a half a dozen caterers. Cool, 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 cool. Can we uh, speak in your office? We'll manipulate someone. Ten. Okay. He will like knit his brow in something approaching concern and just like without another gesture just sort of ever so gently nod his head towards his office and just stride there and expect you to follow him oh i will i think he will like go over to his desk and not get behind it but he will lean against it like as though sort of okay we are in my office like i said i was hoping to catch you at some other time but You've been really busy and I haven't seen you. I I just, I wanted to ask you something. I'll just hold his hands out. Do you love me? If something happened to me, would you cry? He will look at you for a long time. Theo's gonna look down at the ground. Roll manipulate someone. Ten. I think he will, his face, stone, stare at you for what feels like an entire minute and may in fact be and go you are my daughter and then I think he'll like sort of push off of the desk and walk over to you and like put his hand under your chin and like spin your face up to look at him oh Theo like flinches away what has brought this on Deora? I when you found out that she died did you cry? Ah, uh, 
you have reached an age that she never did. She was my daughter as well. We are Magio, Theora. The blood of the centaur flows through us. But these veins, they are human. This heart, it is human. Do not doubt. And I think like as a marked contrast, he does not make physical contact with you. Do not doubt my love for you. I just feel like I don't I don't have the centaur's blood. You are Nessos. What if I wanna be Fiora? He'll lean back against his desk, arms crossed. Tell me what you are asking. You are Nessos. You are Theora. You are my daughter. You are Magio. This is known. I guess I I don't want to disappoint you. And I I feel like I have. This is Johnny asking. What is she referencing? I think she's like trying to maybe get up the courage to tell him about like her hand and her eye. But like, there's just this culmination of like, what I did to Bennett, what I did to Deacon. There's like a combination of like, I don't want to disappoint him, but I'm also very afraid that like, I've spun off into a monster or a thing that either they're going to fear or they're going to want to control because it is power. And I think that knowing my family, they like power. He's gonna look over your shoulder, clap a hand once, and be like, tonight will be very important. You will have many opportunities to make me proud quite soon. And then he will like walk past you and not until he walks past enough to break and prevent eye contact will he put a hand on your shoulder. He will simply say, you are Nesos, you are my daughter. And then he will walk out of the room. Is Theo expected to go to this meeting thing? Not as far as you know. Because he said, like, there there are going to be plenty of ways for me for me to make him proud. Was he referring that to tonight or, like, the future? I don't know why you would know the answer to that question. Oh, um, well, part of me was wondering if I could use, like, astral vision. You probably could. Okay. The way I, I'm going to make uh, edits to this move as it goes on. What I want to say now is on a 10 plus, you will ask a question and I will answer it. And on a seven to nine, you will ask a question and I will be a shit about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the sort of mechanical plus one didn't really work for me where it was like, do you want me to tell you what's going on? Or do you want me to not tell you what's going on? I think it's if you roll well enough, I'll tell you what's going on. And if you don't, I'll be shitty. And then if I, like, miss, I see something bad or it's bad. Uh, it's bad and you're bad. <laughs> okay. I stand by that one. I'll be not Okay, what's your question? And I can be shitty about it. When my father said that, like, what, there'll be enough moments or a time for Theo to make him proud, was he referring to tonight or, like, in the future? Or some other night. Here's how I choose to be shitty. Ugh. Yeah. This meeting tonight, it's about you. That's what I was afraid of. 
I think you're gonna not answer me, but can I ask you, is Theo in danger? Not anymore, you're out of questions. Why would you be in danger? You're in your family home. Yeah, uh, totally safe there. Oh, I'm stuck between asking the Star King for help or part of me also really wants to see what happens, but... How do you want to spend the rest of your night, Theo? I do want to reach out to the Star King. I think Theo is going to go to her room, sit on her bed. And I think, could she, like... Can I ask to set the scene in my own head what color Theo's hair is right now? Theo's hair is still, like, silvery white. Okay. Okay, so you go to sit on your bed with your white hair. Yeah, I want to pull the magicka that is around me and start kind of tracing different constellations and then kind of push maybe that magic out and say, my king. Roll use magic. Ten. Okay. Those constellations will like sort of float into the air and then kind of wrap themselves around like... The vibe I want to give you is like the the code from the Matrix, kind of, but it's these constellations. Like you can tell by the movement that it's the shape of a male suited figure with a reflective glass helmet, but there is no texture to him. There is only the like dots and lines that curve around his form. And he kind of just forms up and clasps his hands behind his back expectantly. I fear that I might be in danger. Here? Yes. Would you be able to offer protection or monitor? From what? Potentially my family or a council that goes by the Midnight Council. They're no threat to you. They're meeting tonight because of me. I'm afraid they might do something to me. What do you fear? My family. You still fear what is to come. What a treat to live in the now. You have protections of your own. Roll manipulate someone. Eleven. I think when he says protections of your own, he'll like raise a hand performatively casually at your door, which will crack open just slightly and into it will slide your uh, husky tabby cat, Seb Dominos who will bound up onto your bed. Is this one of the family of yours that means you harm? Well, no, not, not Sev. Theo, I think, pets him. Shall I keep your door closed through the night? That, that would help. Shall I keep a nightlight on to keep you safe? I think Theo starts to deflate. As you do not say anything, he'll, like, wave a hand towards the window and a, like... Very gentle, but unmistakably bright beam of moonlight will flow through the window, through the curtains, to illuminate the room in a kind of pale blue. And then the door will shut, the lock will slide shut, and then also on the sort of knob itself will be printed these little dots of stars, and some of them will knit themselves together into unfamiliar constellations. And then he'll like lean forward, hands back behind his back, and go, Shall I tuck you in? I didn't reach out to you for sarcasm. I reached out to you for help, because I thought that you would care. You have dove into a 
puppy shelter and called for me to help you out of the running of the bulls. You are home, child. These people are yours. Are they? As much as they are mine. Forget it. I do not forget. Well then, ignore me. Because you clearly do not care what happens to your prince. I think he's going to lean forward even more. I already know what happens to my prince. And the stars are going to burn a little bit brighter. And then the lines are going to crack. And then this all this whole thing, all of this magic is just going to be sort of unleashed to flit around like the illuminated fireflies that you recognize and kind of dispel and dim out of view. Is he still there or is he gone? Uh, he's gone. Fuck. I think Theo just like, ah, and like, kind of like punches her bed. Sev hops up off of it. Yeah. Sev, I'm sorry. Theo will go to her door and unlock it and let him out. It won't open. I mean, unless you want to use magic to undo the wards that he put in place. Yeah, I'm going to use magic. Roll it. Fuck him. 14, advanced move. I think he's not going to leave your bed exactly. He's going to kind of look at you and like do that thing where he does the downward dog pose and stretches out his front paws and then like scratch on the on your bed as if to be like, I'm perfectly happy here and be like, do you want me to leave? No, you can stay. And he'll like spin around and curl himself up at the foot of your bed. Yeah, Theo will absentmindedly like lay across like across her bed petting him and then we'll probably end up falling asleep yeah uh yeah you spend the rest of the evening in a moonlit bedroom undisturbed with your fluffy cat when you wake up he's gone oh and it's tomorrow i'm going to cut out to everybody arriving at dawnbreak so mark on his motorcycle mark do you want to bring catrell with you it's fully up to you you she will go or not Yes. Okay. That, hold on. Are you going to do something to Catrio? Why on earth would what? I answer that? <laughs> Theo, do you want to bring Yano with you? Yes. Okay. And Anna's bringing Lowry. Well, are you bringing Inico? I was. Yeah, I was gonna say. Can I want her to bring Inico with? Uh, can she bring Ramsey Lincoln? Roll manipulate someone. They are my my mentor. Eleven. Okay, and she will be Ramsey today. Okay. Inico, Ramsey, and all of Dawnbreak. Yeah, all of them. Okay, so you guys all show up, and I think between Charlotte the book and, honestly, Donovan, they sort of have set up one of the conference rooms of the Dawnbreak Investigations building to act as, like, the, I guess, not quite operating theater because it, is, it isn't like that, but, like, they've, they have sort of arranged this room to be almost like an auditorium. So at one end is sitting jazz was baggy linen shirt and dark also kind of flared at the hips pants dark circular sunglasses and dark hair sitting kind of uh not very responsive in like an office chair at one end of this room and then the rest of the room is sort of set up with a couple of rows of folding chairs like a lecture or a meeting or a funeral and they've got him not quite secured because he doesn't really kind of seem to need to be but charlotte and donovan are up 
against that wall, sort of keeping an eye on him. Mm -hmm. I think Kira would speak with Anna, maybe ask, maybe ask her to put up some wards in the building. What kind? Because my, my imagination is like your idea is going to be like, whatever this thing is, you don't want it to get out. Yeah, if it, if things go haywire, I would hate for this to... If if Jazz is like extremely powerful and like doing this unsettles him and he flees, that could be bad. So I think we want to keep him contained. I think that's doable. I think you kind of spend the morning doing that and like by 10, 10.30, every conceivable exit or window is uh, warded against that. And you've had enough access to Jazz to basically get his signature down and figure that out. I'm not going to make you roll that. Yeah, so she'll spend some time doing that and be like, I'm sorry that I took the truck, Ramsey. I don't know how many times I have to tell you. At least one more. Sorry again. It's not It's how this works. It's how this works. Ramsey is also setting up some awards and maybe like proofreading some of yours. Oh, so I see you get a seat next to Mark and I think Yano next to Theo. Aaron walks in to the front door and he is... Yeah, he appears to be wearing like a, I mean, no helmet, but suit of armor. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, I think Kira kind of just takes takes in the whole uh, look. So that's what you meant. Yeah, it's um, and he like looks at his substantial metal hands and then kind of shrugs with them. It's uh the deal. That's the deal with that's the deal with me. Can I read a bad situation? Yes. With my third eye? Yep. 12. All right. Can I see or tell what's underneath the suit of armor? You can. It's what you saw that was left of him. Basically like a little mech suit. Yeah, pretty much. It's torso and then sort of the beginnings of thighs. And then uh, on on one arm, I think it goes all the way down to like halfway down the forearm. But the other one only goes, it ends at like the elbow. That's what's left that's like human of him. Is Aaron really okay? I mean, he can walk around and he can move and he can do everything that he was going to do anyway. But um, I think with your third eye and because you rolled unacceptably high. Yeah, he's not untraumatized. What's the best way to protect Aaron or help him? Help him do what? Protect him from what? You're in dawn break right now. You're fine. As far as like making him feel comfortable and yeah. Don't draw attention to it. You can use lay on hands and be like nice, nice armor bone. Or like soothe, Mark. Uh, honestly. Sorry, not lay on hands. Yes, soothe. He's just Aaron. Look at him like he's just Aaron would be the best way to keep him safe from his feelings. Well, okay. Do I see anything invisible? You see all the shit that um, Ramsey and Anna are doing. So you can tell that like, like, I think you can tell that Anna, Anna has gone through and put up a bunch of wards. And honestly, I think the other thing that I'm going to have to say is that like of the wards that Ramsey did have to go through and like proofread, there weren't that many. Anna did okay. Okay. Um, how is Aaron's suit being powered? I think, I think you catch him explaining it to somebody straight up. I think he he calls it a triple A because his name is Aaron and because it has three different sources. The first is solar. Uh, the second is that there is a battery that has to be charged at the end of each day. 
And the third is that in the event of an emergency, it can be powered by his very life energy. Don't let that. Thank you, waves at Aaron. He was back. I just had a random thought. Did Mark's glasses get destroyed a while ago? Like a long time. Oh. No, 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 no. I think they just got destroyed. Yes. Because you also have a massive scar over your left eye. Yep. So <laughs> I just in here with open flame eyes. <laughs> I think it pleases me to retcon. You found some glasses at the garage sale. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe I found some. Yes. It pleases me to imagine that as you were going to the garage, you found some sunglasses in your home and put them on to go to the garage sale. And then at each garage sale you went to, you had to buy a new pair because you kept melting the one you had on. (laughs) And every single one of these garage sales had a pair of sunglasses because they all always do. And so you'd be like, I'll buy this one. Please take my money quickly. (laughs) (laughs) As your sunglasses are bursting into flames, you put on the new ones and you are like, thank you. (laughs) So, so do I just have like a backlog of like glasses in my pocket right now that I'm like going through? Because of where you are, it wouldn't be weird for you to just not have sunglasses if you didn't want to. You're at Dawnbreak. Everybody here knows you've got fire eyes. You don't need to hide here. You guys can be yourselves here. It's my home, your home. Mark puts away his smoking glasses. Yeah, someone here may be able to work on that for you. But so Aaron will kind of go up to the front of this room and like yank a chair that will make a horrible scraping noise up to be kind of next to Jazz and kind of take this uh, suitcase looking thing he has and plop it down in the chair, pop it open. Inside is this helmet that you recognize. Inside also is this like, I guess like the size of about a smaller suitcase that he'll click some switches on the sides of and like legs will drop down from each side and he will put it on the other side and then sort of gesture to somebody who will shut off the light and then it will start to project something like at this point, just a blank white rectangle against the wall. Then he'll put this little helmet on jazz and, uh, We'll kind of look to Kira and then look to Mark and be like, you think we're um, ready to get started? Yeah. Um, Mark, I was thinking maybe you could use that thing you do that makes everybody really calm and I can try to maybe get him to apply a little easier. Soothe, yeah. In order for us to use this device, he needs to open his mind to us. He, what are you trying to do? See if he will let us in. We're trying to figure out what's going on with him, Bob. He's going to walk over and just put his hands on his shoulders and say, everything's all right. We're here to help. Here to help. Here to help. Here to help. Here. Here. From here. Wings. Had them. Will again. Here to help. Here to help. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think Kira kind of like, she shakes her head because she does not like this, but she uh, kind of, I think, kind of. Gets down at eye level with him. You know, uh, we'll try to catch his eyes. Jazz? Yep. Okay. I think she'll use Mental Dominion. Or Dark Negotiator. I guess I don't know if one or the other would apply. Which thing do you want to do? Do you want to reach out with Dark Negotiator or do you want to reach in with Mental Dominion? I would rather do it with Dark Negotiator than Mental Dominion okay. because one of them is implying... Coercion. Basically mind control. 
Why don't you roll manipulate someone? Eight. So Kira, he will kind of look up at you with his sunglasses that like basically are his eyes. And he'll say, it matters what you, it does not matter where you, you know better than it. And then he like settles into a calm state. Then I think she would ask him, Jazz, my friends and I have some questions and we think that you might have some answers in your mind. This is what being alive has made of us all. And then he'll like hold out his hands with his palms up in what you assume to be approximation of ascent. Well, then Kira, I think we'll turn back and look at Aaron and kind of nod. All right. I think he's uh, open. All right. So who's all going into his mind? So here, here's what I'm sort of trying to imply. The suitcase thing with the legs that he put next to Jazz is to be a projector that will like literally show what they're seeing. So everyone who is in this room will know what is happening. We'll still see. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it pleases me to have this be a Mark Clayton weird role. I was going to say. To see like who can, via this technology, like be sort of dream dipped in. Mm-hmm. 13. Sick. Nice. But the punchline, I think, Mark, is that that will like, it's better if it's it's just the PCs. So Mark will go in, Theo will go in, Anna and Kira will go in. Everyone else will see the projector. And we can presumably communicate with them like kind of via Skynet type thing or no? The implication that I want to make is that you will be able to communicate with them via you saying things and then seeing and hearing it on the projector. All right. Then I think before we go and do this, Kira would talk with Tommy because uh, he has the tape recorder. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on this if the situation goes bad. If something, if he's reacting badly, we should probably keep the tape recorder not here. Well, I mean, you know what they say, devil you know beats the devil you don't. Maybe we should keep it near him. That was what was written on the tape recorder, right? On the tape, yeah. On the tape, okay. You think maybe it'll bring something out? I think we should keep our options open. If you need to pull us out of there, well, I don't know how great of communication we're going to have, so I'm counting on you to make the call. I'll nod. Okay. All right, you guys ready? Do it. Yes, Johnny? I think the moment's passed. Never mind. What? What was he going to do? He was going to kiss you. Oh, well, that will happen anyway. <laughs> okay. On the cheek. All right. So I think you force it sort of in the front, like it's two columns of two chairs in this room. You four sit in the front row with sort of Mark connecting you all and connecting you to Jazz. Aaron will like kind of look between all of you and be like, here we go and fire it. He was gripping Mark's hand. I suppose Lowry's kind of there too. That's true. Yeah. All right. Theo is strangling Mark's hand. Aaron flips on this machine. All of the like blue nodes on this helmet fire on in order from front to back. And Jazz kind of very gently slumps forward. And the world zooms in very quickly into a single pixel of white. And now all you can see is this white. It fades to black and in the black there is like the sound 
of a industrial level light clacking on and it's like a, a warm sort of stage spotlight and you can see like maybe 50 feet in front of you is on a stage standing kind of limp with a guitar attached to him like a Chuck E. Cheese character is jazz. And then like very far away from you, but between the stage and you is a number of theater seats. And you kind of look around at yourselves and vaguely illuminated by this distant light is Mark, Theo, Anna, Kira, and Lowry. The other thing I want to point out to you is that you can tell in the the theater seats, there are four of them. And you can see from this end, sort of the top and the and the bottom of the like sort of you know how theater seat the like folding chair theater seats have like a half back Mm -hmm. you can see a piece of tape attached to the top and a bit of paper hanging under the bottom of the of the back kira's gonna go over to that see if there's anything on the paper if it's like a reserved sign in fact it is Mm -hmm. they all say reserved and then underneath that it's each of your names mark theora Anna and Kira. There's no spot for Lowry. There is no spot for Lowry. Um, well, this is awkward, Anna says. Is there more than four seats? Or there's only four that are reserved? I think it pleases me to... There are, there are plenty of seats. There are four that are reserved. Okay. I mean, I think we're supposed to probably take our... Take the seats. This is kind of usually how these dream logic type things work. Yep. Everyone sit. And I think Anna will gesture to like an empty seat next to her. Lowry. Anna Roman. It's someone. Nine. I want you to tell me. Why do you want Lowry to sit next to you? Um, because I don't want him to get left behind. Okay, he'll sit next to you. I think she might actually, um, because she she doesn't know what's going to happen. She might actually reach for his hand uh, when they sit down. For Lowry's hand? Yes. Okay. He will absolutely uh, recoil in surprise for a moment. It's fine. And like, kind of gently, if awkwardly, squeeze it back. Mm-hmm. The moment the fourth butt contacts the fourth seat, the jazz automaton thing on the stage cocks back and like flits to life and places his hands in position to play his little instrument and... I once dreamed of a fire that had yet to burn And of a titan who would cast its skyward And though for now they are but kindling I still dream they'll learn To stop the horrors that will soon transpire Ride of the smoker, what she saw, what she saw, and the witch's boy who still can save her. In the eyes of the ogre, we are all quite small, but both eyes will reach together. The shopkeeper's apprentice, what she knows, what she knows, you've only got the life you're given. The sweetest stories are the ones you yourself have told. The strongest spells, the ones you've written. When the stars burn out and the ashes coming down, and every story's coming to an end, 
gotta reach on out or inside yourself and finally make an enemy your friend or claim the power that you once condemned younger sisters older now than older sister ever was casting about for who to count on the second eye sees more than the third one does but not before it's found the first one join hands join hands and build yourselves a kingdom to defend join hands join hands as long as you're surrounded by your friends the story never needs to have an end You hear that song, you are able to, due to your nature of connection with it, completely memorize the lyrics such that you can review them as though you had typed them out, which of course you have. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the light is going to go out and kind of like, as you're in darkness, you can hear some sort of kerfuffle going on around you, likely in real life. And what you can kind of figure out is going on is that as you're sort of gradually awoken, Jazz has stood up and is walking around kind of saying things to people. Uh, a prince's general is generally princely. Curse, gift, to see so much. It's so much hidden. And then he like runs over to Anna and like grabs you by both your hands and goes, new, 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 the only gift not returned. Okay. And like he's sort of just walking around spouting all of this kind of nonsense. And then I think it only makes sense for him to then start to perk up and start to mutter the sounds, the sounds, the sounds, and take the helmet off of his head and with an insane speed the kind that you've not really ever seen before will just like dart at Tommy and I think more or less knock him away from the tape recorder and push play. And as this song plays, it's like a kind of jazzy, almost show tune. And as it plays, oh, does jazz dance like plies and spins he's jumping up and doing flips off the wall the song goes on for like three and a half minutes and everyone's sort of watching him captivated until he comes to rest back and like does the fossey like back up with the jazz hands into the chair that he had been sitting in and he slumps back down and as the music sort of fades out and everyone's kind of looking at him uh without knowing what to say he will straighten up quite officially put his hands right in his lap and then very casually pull off his sunglasses under which are he has eyes and then his irises kind of look like very clearly cybernetic with like circuitry going through kind of the iris and he says unit 5377 Ready for duty and available for information. What is the current year? 2022. Why? What year is it where you are from? 
he turns to look at you like with no wasted movement. His head turns and stops precisely. 2281. Okay. There's time. So you've been to the future then? I've come to the past. I think so. What happens in 2278? Do you know? Have you been there? In 2278, the entity from elsewhere burns the known earth to ash. In August of 2278, the burning stops abruptly. The governing body believes that the threat was not ended but merely misplaced. The governing body tracked the entity's travel backwards. The governing body sent Unit 5477 after the entity to intercept and prevent. Really, really hope you find her. (laughs) (laughs) Executive producer Johnny Gruff. (laughs) This has been The Monster's Playbook, featuring John Wander as Mark Layton. Lauren Johnson as Anna and Kira Ashwood. Maya Dutchin Wander as Theo Nessos. And Johnny Grubb as literally everybody else. Our theme song is by me, Johnny Grubb. The Monsters Playbook is produced and engineered by Maya Dutchin Wander and edited by Maya Dutchin Wander and Lauren Johnson. If you like this episode, please tell a friend. We love friends. You can find The Monsters Playbook on the social network of your choice. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and now on Blue Sky. You can also hang out with us on Discord, and if you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We'll see you next episode where, as always, I'll have some good news and some bad news. Thanks for listening. From hell a monster from hell. Alright, now everybody has to listen to this fucking song. <laughs> Including me.